0: Welcome to Uproar.
1: All right, so we're here on a very special edition of Uproar Radio in Lansing, Michigan. Um, With conversations with the bishop, Um, I guess I'll start off by letting everybody who's here introduce themselves. so.
2: So my name's Elizabeth Batten. Hello,
3: my
4: name is Jess Graves. Sarah Alexander.
5: I am Sam Lee. It's me again, guys, Linda. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and me, Sam Sankoba, again. Um, so we're here, like I said, conversations with the bishop. Uh, we have a few young adults that have been in attendance. Would anybody like to begin by sharing their thoughts a little bit, maybe, of what happened here today?
5: I don't know how much people that were LGBT community in there, so what confused me was the fact that we were making decision on them and then there was no... I don't know who was in there, but there was nobody there from the LGBT community from, you know, my point of view. So how can we make decisions based on these people? And, yeah. really right. <coughs> yeah. Do we even know if anyone that was, like, probably no one that was, that was on the committee
3: that made these
4: proposals was, like, identified as LGBT? Um, I don't know if we know that, actually. Um, I know that, um... There are folks, um, like leaders in the church, that identify as LGBTQ. Um, I'm not sure if they were on the commission on the way forward. I feel like there I were...
0: I that there was a push.
4: Yeah, and I, I think there was... the
0: bishops when they were naming the, yeah. the people. I think there was. Okay, for For yeah. the be representation. Mm-hmm. But.
4: Yeah. I think there was. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, there, there definitely was... LGBTQ plus representation on the committee Bay for forward. The way forward.
2: Yeah. Yeah, what confused me, and I said this in the car when we were coming here from Kalamazoo, is how while people are trying to be welcoming of all, how in that, they're still being exclusive. So, you're saying you're welcoming of all, and yet two out of the three plans and even the third plan in some ways still feels exclusive or allowing people to be exclusive.
1: For me, I say I like that point because that more so surprised me that people were more so exclusives instead of trying to find a common ground and where can we include these people. Uh, The three plans that were described were more so okay, we have to deal with this, but We're going to find a way to make sure that it's not fully established in what we're trying to do. And I think that's kind of the wrong message to send out. Um, The church should be a place where everybody should feel solace, where everybody should feel accepted. Nobody should feel judged. But it seems here that regardless of what happened, that they're still going to be biased against the LGBTs.
4: I've heard it talked about, um, regardless of what happens, there will still need to be a compromise, um, which is uh, a little bit, I feel like that's a, a almost a better word than there will still be exclusion, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, we'll always have exclusion, Ooh. right? Like, <laughs> um, as humans, it doesn't matter if it's a big social issue or if it's, um, you know, we don't really like people that wear scarves in our church, right? Like it's, um, there will always be something that in our human brokenness, we find a way to put ourselves above others. Mm -hmm. Um, right. That's like why we need a savior to get beyond our brokenness. (laughs) Um, and so it's, I think it's particularly frustrating that whatever decision happens, um, is a struggle. um, any other things that were particularly confusing that you didn't voice? So I guess I have a thought about the compromise. So it can definitely, one train
3: of thought is like, right, all of these options are a compromise, but does that make it a bad thing? In the sense of, I feel like a compromise is better than, than the wrong choice. And also, like with these proposals, right, they were saying that there was so much flexibility at the conference with how they could move and bend to, like, the, um, you know, how the how the spirit moves, like, within the conference when they're there, which was the big surprise, like, or one of the big surprises, like, for me with that. Um, but also being, then having that openness and being aware that whatever decision they do make, having that mindset of the future and seeing while they the decision that they make now might not be perfect, right, like, it's not perfect and it's working, but, like, it just takes that first baby step into, like, then... Then might open the door for for what comes next, right? So like they're worried like with the their proposal like that might open the door for like a really big split for the church and just completely splitting apart. But like what would the second door or the second option open the door to? I guess was kind of what I was thinking. I guess I'm still confused on why there are
4: only three plans when there have been more proposed I just don't understand who mm-hmm. decided that oh same we can there's only three to decide from right and, and it's it doesn't seem to me that it's a coincidence that the three that are being advertised are still um
3: exclusive in right. ways or that there's this fourth plan that nobody would have mentioned had we not brought it up which also like well how many more are there right. that we didn't that we didn't bring up?
4: Yeah, there's hundreds.
5: Yeah, there is. Yeah, so,
4: and so that's the tricky thing, so the, is that there are, I mean, hundreds. Are yeah. they all in that document, like that 96-page document? No. Page no. So, so, but the 96-page document that the bishop was talking about does address kind of their process at um, their process. at reading all of the um, proposals yeah. that folks so, brought forward um, and finding common themes in them. Perfect. Um
0: so it's important to understand that at the 2016 General Conference, there was a special group of, you know, whatever, right? The, the Commission on a Way Forward were these specific people, and those specific people are the ones who came up with these three options. So it's the United Methodist Church, uh, right? The bishops and whatnot—they're just going forward with the, you know, like, they're giving information on these plans because they were specifically asked for. Anytime there's a general conference, there can always be uh, petitions. This general conference is kind of narrowed in scope to only deal with issues around human sexuality. But with that, there are also hundreds of petitions that are gonna have to be dealt with in the usual way in the general conference. But the reason that they're just the three plans is because those are the three plans that the specific body that was created to come up with, right? They're kind of like weighted grades, or right? Like they they come with a certain amount of significance because we asked for them, right? In the same way that, but we nobody asked for the person to submit or who submitted the simple plan to submit it. It's just that they are free and able to do that, and it'll be considered, right? Like so that that's the other thing to, to keep in mind that like so as you're asking why only the three plans it's because we asked for that you know the the general conference asked for those three plan, or not those three plans but we asked this body to do work right
4: on behalf he, of the church yeah on
0: behalf of the church and yeah. so it's you know it, those are the official ones with a stamp mm-hmm. of approval by the commission on the way forward that makes
4: sense. And the commission was equally divided, clergy and lay. Mm-hmm. Um and they, I believe equally I mean as as much as they can identify um a, a broad spectrum of political and theological beliefs. Um yeah. Yeah. I mean that's now been a while, but I remember thinking, um, like who are these people representing us? Um, like do they align with what I would hope? Um so the, and I believe that information is still available. Who was on the commission on the way forward? Why why were they important to the to the choosing of this commission? Um, what is their age? Um, where do they live in the world? Right, because we are a global church. Um, so does that help? I don't know brought that. Up, but so so like Dan said, there will be um, a number of petitions brought forth um, that are above and beyond what was presented today. Um, Yeah. Mm. Other things that kind of surprised you maybe? And so I guess um, I was just thinking about, you know, and like how many more, so I don't think that the bishop was trying to be like sneaky by not like bringing up these additional Um, proposals but as Dan said these were just the ones that um, that we elected folks to kind of bring forward Um, so and then they had really tried to select these different plans and really the traditionalist plan if you read that even if you just skim through the document you don't have to read or read it but the traditional plan, traditionalist plan was kind of an add-on so really the the Commission put forward um, the one church and the connectional plan first and then um uh there was something around like needing to request something that just kept the book of discipline as it is i don't know if that was the bishops requesting it i would have to read further into the document
2: does the traditionalist plan do that though because i thought it added in language about same-sex marriage and it
0: it does, right? So yeah. it, So I it clarifies what it, the
4: intent was behind it, the um, the addition yeah. of.
0: It, it's the plan that the traditionalists want, yeah. right? Like that. I think that's one of the reasons why it's called the traditionalist plan, because it increases. There's usually this call for accountability in this one area in particular, and that alongside that, there's usually a call for specific, you know, almost like mandatory minimums in sentencing. Um, The bishop talked about it when he said that they're requiring that a just resolution, which is up to this point, you know, on the conservative side of things, has been looked at as, you know, a way to kind of squirm your way out of what the Book of Discipline says, Um, you know, because there are punishments that are dictated in the Book of Discipline. Um, if you are convicted at a church trial and a just resolution is a way to avoid a church trial, and so you know, that's why that is included. And so yeah, it, it is a you know a step further than what we have now. Right. Um, you know, because it, it does include those mandatory sentences. or sentencing in the church trials, including well it was one year for a first occurrence and then another one or you know maybe even longer for a second and then,
4: um, with the second one, you would, you would surrender yeah, with, your credentials. Yeah, with the
0: second you surrender your credentials, yeah. Um, yeah, not even
4: three strikes. Not, <laughs> but. So, I just wanted to say that, you know, the bishop wasn't trying to be, like, a sneaky sneaker. Mm-hmm. Um, other surprised, surprising things? Things that you were thankful for?
1: Well, I'm thankful that this conversation is happening. Um, oftentimes... We try to stay away from, like the bishop said, we try to stay away from the political side of things. And there are a lot of issues out there that need to be discussed. But where do we find the opportunities to discuss these issues? And I think it's especially great for young people because um, I don't know who mentioned it before, but oftentimes they say that the young people are the future of this church and are going to be leaders in the church one day. Well, how are we going to lead if we aren't absent or we're we not having these conversations so I think this these conversations are really vital to the young people so that we know what we're getting ourselves into as approaching leaders mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. to go further on that I, I was surprised I guess I, I wasn't fully surprised because I, I knew like there would be a lot of People from the older generation, so that um,
3: but such I spend spite. huh? I said such spite. slight.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I spend so much time with young people in the United Methodist Church that I I forget that we are um, still a minority. Like hmm. the baby boomer generation is still top dog.
3: So I guess, like, with that, one of the things that I was super thankful for was, like, I was definitely, you know, expecting a very, you know, older generation of things, but I was super thankful that love prevailed so strongly. Like, everyone, even, like, right at the beginning and at the end, they were so intentional with, you know, we're here in love, we're here in community, and they were very intentional about that discernment, like, that, all the disciples or the, um, the delegates were going in prayer with as much knowledge as they could get, and, like, having that discernment even at the conference and before and throughout that time, I felt like that was that was really tasteful and like really well done. So I'm just very thankful for that.
2: Yeah, I went to the Kalamazoo listening session, I think in October. Um, and so I'm really thankful for a second opportunity, like a second look with a different group of people. Um, Because then some of the things that did surprise me came from being with a different group of people. Um, So that that love aspect and um, and it kind of leads into my surprise of um, I think somebody spoke on safety of youth um, and suicide Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um, just people speaking on behalf or like from that perspective, including that. I was just—I hadn't heard that at the Kalamazoo listening session, mm-hmm. so it surprised me, pleasantly surprised me. Mm-hmm.
3: Um,
2: and I'm really thankful um, to have come here to have that second
4: opportunity. It's interesting because I would think that the Kalamazoo listening session would have been a little bit, you know. So maybe that was some of your frustration too, was um, going into it thinking that your tribe is going to show up, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of like, oh shoot, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. I'm thankful for that last story that um, Guy mentioned about his twin brother, you know, all this time he lost. um, And then at the end, you know, he realized, you know, you love that neighbor and all that stuff. It kind of reminded me of a story when the earthquake happened in Haiti after days of trying to contact our cousin. And then we finally found her. And then when we were on the phone, she was rushing us off. So she's like, oh, hold on. We're going to pray in the field. Everybody in the village is going to pray in the field. So, that popped in my head, like, when there's chaos, everybody forget, like, their religion, they forget their straight, they forget, you know, everyone was just together praying to one mm-hmm. God. If only we could have that mindset, you know, when chaos is not happening, it would be, like, a way better decision. So, mm-hmm. that's what I was thankful for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of the people have some, like, really
3: well said things. Like, it wasn't just questions and... You know, attacking of the of the bishop,
1: but right. just sharing things that were like very well done. Mm-hmm. So I guess now the question is, where do we move forward? I know. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts on moving forward from having this conversation? But where do we better ourselves moving forward?
5: I don't know how the topic got brought up, but I feel like we do need to hear more of youth voice, more of LGBT voice instead of like just the older generation of the church. So that's what I feel.
4: I liked the action item that they prescribed to the that youth director, right? Like, um, the email address is here and um, you know if you were to go back to your youth group and kind of say or your campus ministry event and say this is something that's happening in the church it's not very well um, known right Um, but one action item that we can do is kind of read through some stuff reflect and then write your perspective as an active member of the church body Mm -hmm. Um, and and make your voice known. Um, a close friend of mine is on the delegation, and he receives a ton of correspondence, um, for better or for worse. Um, and um, one one big thank piece of thankfulness for him is when folks write, um, you know, and tell their story, um, and include that y'all are you know praying for the delegation, mm-hmm. um, and then in your communities to hold you know prayer vigils for the church um you know during during the general conference I think is an important piece Um, we often get kind of wrapped up in what we think and what we hope um, instead of asking for the Holy Spirit to move Um. and I you know I'm not one to believe that you know we need to uh, advocate for the Holy Spirit to move the Holy Spirit will move even um, you know, uh, in the midst of our, our, our brokenness, like I said. So, um, but to petition and to, um, you know, to make your own voices known to our delegation is, is really important. And I think is an act of like healing too.
0: Yeah, that's the, that's the thing I think that is most important for us to remember is that it's not like this fight is over uh, you know, on the twenty sixth of February, mm-hmm. and in, in a lot of different ways, it either is just beginning or it's mutating, you know, or evolving. And the no matter what the vote is, we have a lot of hurt feelings in our church, and there's a lot of division, um, you know, within and without our church. Um, and so, no matter what, no matter what the outcome is. That we have got some wounds to heal Mm -hmm. and that if we don't, I mean, if we don't keep that at the forefront of our mind, if we think that, oh, the, you know, the one church plan is the one that passed and so maybe my conference is going to be able to, you know, maybe they'll ordain, you know, people who aren't just straight white guys, you know, or or whatever. Um, Still a lot of, uh, still a lot of hurt to deal with. Um, no matter what, so
4: yeah. And including if no action is taken, right? Yeah. Like, like yeah. there are a lot of folks yeah. who are
0: who are just like yeah, holding
4: their membership out. You know, like yeah. I'm waiting to see what happens if I'm really gonna join this church, or I'm waiting to see what happens if I'm going to continue my membership. Um, and so, you know, even if nothing happens, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's still, it's still, then something happened, right? Right. right. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and. I, after the camels listening session, that's, I felt I want to do something. Um
0: here. See you all soon. Yeah. See
2: <laughs> That I, I just came away with it and I debriefed with a couple of young adults that I went with. And specifically, Ostie, White, and I, um, like, I went to bed and woke up to a text message from him saying, whatever you are doing and planning, I want in. I want to help. Like, we need to do something. And so what that looked like was organizing young adults to come. And we had a list of over 20 people. And because of the people we're in relationship with who are in our sphere of influence, um, young adults and non-young adults, I'll say, mm-hmm. Um we've been having conversations around this, um, continued conversations. Like I work at Kalamazoo first as an intern and, um, I've just been having conversations with people weekly because they heard that I was gathering young adults to come to this and they wanted to know like, Oh, why, why are you doing that? Wait, why were you frustrated by the Kalamazoo listening session? Oh, and so, um, they're in my sphere of influence and I can talk to them and give them my perspective and my experience and not that that all is always heard but at least you're sharing your story and then maybe that could shape the way they move forward too or maybe they will have a conversation with somebody else in their sphere of influence so like who is in your sphere of influence and who then is in theirs and who then is in theirs so just having those conversations
1: Any other thoughts, ideas? Oh, all right. Well, like I said, I'm glad this conversation is happening. And I'm glad that we're able to use this platform such as Uproar to uh, push our voices. So I uh, thank you all for participating. I'm glad that we were able to debrief after this event. And um, I wish you all the best moving forward. Uproar is a project of Motor City Wesley. Check us out
0: at MotorCityWesley.org.